0: fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever and with fishing booker you can experience it too no matter where you are discover your next adventure on fishing booker
1: all right everybody welcome back to another episode of the bow hunter chronicles podcast brought to you by huntworth Huntworth brings you quality packs and gear at a price that you deserve. Check them out at huntworthgear.com. We're going to try and do this in one shot. So, you know, I want to say thanks to all the Patreons. Um, you know, this is, uh, you're going to have like one day, uh, when this podcast drops to, uh, get logged in, sign up for Patreon, uh, to be in for this quarter's giveaway. So if, uh, you know, the rain gear from Huntworth, Spartan Forge, um, the gearhead bow, any of that stuff, uh, the site package from Redline, all of that stuff, um, Lucky Buck, all of our sponsors, those guys, um, any of that stuff, you gotta be in by this. And we just did, you know, one of the things that the Patreons get, um, that I don't talk about enough, is The Vitals Live. So we just did an excellent episode um, this evening with uh, Andy May and Justin Wright breaking down Hill Country, and uh, they bring up maps. They answer all of your questions. Um, And, you know, uh, past podcast guests, um, you know, guys like Jake Bush, uh, you get to ask the questions. Greg Litzinger, Andy May, uh, Joe Miles, Nathan Killen. Um, You know, these experts in the field, you're in there getting to – Uh, ask questions too directly, uh, live on video. So all of these things um, is what happens with Patreon. We give back as much as we can uh, because we can't thank you guys enough for the support. But this podcast kind of goes in line with some of the other stuff that I've got going on with uh, Patreon. So Patreon, we also, for... The upper tier has a Marco Polo group. There's a lot of guys in there, and we've created like a pretty good community. I mean, it's like a brotherhood of uh, a hunting camp camp all year round. and uh, we're talking gear, we're talking tactics, um, you know, Tim Gray's on there scouting more than you know a, a lot of these guys that we have on the podcast. Um, but one thing that has come up recently is, uh, someone had asked in there about goals. So goals for the season, you know, what have, what have you got, um, coming up? And for me, um, I'm one of these never stop learning guys. So I read a lot of books. I read a lot of business books. I read a lot of just, um, motivational books, uh, all of that. And I think a lot of guys that you hear, um, doing podcasts that do all this stuff outside of their nine to five, um, do a, a lot of these same things. And when we talk about goals, um, there's a lot of guys that say, you know, they're working on their gear, um, things that they want to improve upon. Um, and we got into fitness goals, um, a lot of different things, but it just kind of got me going down this rabbit hole and in one of these books that I listened to, um, they talked about the manana principle right and basically it was for business owners trying to save money and going without for one more day for one more day for one more day so uh, they gave an example of a guy who needed to buy some stuff from home depot and uh, every day they drove by home depot and he said i'll get it tomorrow i'll get it tomorrow i'll get it tomorrow and um, that just got me thinking about that goal setting. And when guys talk about gear, and I, I was on a, a podcast, uh, the Hunt the Wild podcast with uh, Adam Bolts, um, a while back. And, uh, he does a great podcast. He's, uh, up and comer out of, uh, Indiana, uh, has some really great guests on, uh, really active on TikTok. But, um, He asked in this space, you know, what is one of the things that uh, is wrong or one of the things that I've learned about the hunting industry doing this? And I said, you know, very candidly, I feel like we as podcasters, as quote-unquote influencers or or whatever, are the problem. And one of those things is like we do – so much to show people about new products and new things that are coming out. Talk to these companies. And it's because people want to know about them. Um But it's very easy to think that that's going to help you. And I, I'm a gear guy. So I love talking to these companies. I'm also, like, with this podcast, I love talking to business guys, I love talking to guys who say, you know, they had an idea and they went for it and now they're doing something that they love. And I think everybody that does a podcast is doing it because they love it. I mean, I love gear. I love talking about gear. I love learning about gear and I love bow hunting. Uh, you know, when people talk about like the fall, like when I go out in the fall, it smells like college football and bow hunting, um, and that's just you know what I love is is bow hunting. So to be able to do this, that's something that I I really enjoy. So to be able to talk to people about gear, to be able to handle all this stuff, to be in a position to buy all of this gear, or people send it to me or whatever, and then be able to speak intelligently on it. But I think that we make it. Like it's gonna help us so much. When uh, another thing with that bow hunting side of it is, I get to talk to so many guys. Uh, you know, the Dan Infaults, the Andy Mays, um, Greg Litzinger. The list goes on. Nathan Killen. You know, these guys, Jake Bush. That I can just text or call or have questions or I, I do one of the vitals live or we do a podcast with them and then you start to build the relationship and you know, very very seldom do these guys ever talk about gear? Like the gear doesn't help them. And you think back to the podcast that we did and any podcast that, that Warren Womack is on, like you need to listen. You need to listen. You know, the guy's almost 80 years old. He's still out there hunting with a, with a recurve and none of his arrows match. Uh, He says, well, I'm not that good of a shot anyways, but the guy kills deer year in and year out. And he does it in such a way where he, journals every single hunt so he can take you back through and that's great for the archives for the history for his family but at the same time he's learning he's learning he can go back and look at what those deer did last year Um, and so when people set goals and their goals involve like improving their gear, or I want to get a new set of boots. I'm just looking at the things that I've got in front of me here, or I want to get some, a new bow, or I want to get a new saddle set up. I would look at like your motivations, like why is that? And I would take that same tomorrow principle and apply that to hunting and say, well, if you want to get a new bow, well, go and shoot you know, a dozen arrows from your bow every day for an entire week. And then figure out if you become a better shot or if if at the end of that week or however long you set as a time frame, if you really need that new bow, if that's really going to make any sort of a, a, a difference for you. And, you know, one of the things from all those guys that I talked about is the amount of scouting that they do, the amount of time that they spend in the woods. And it, I did a podcast uh, a while back with Byron Horton, and we talked about like budgeting for your season. And he said, like, the vast majority of his budget, assuming that he had all the things to hunt with, was he would try to get another day of PTO, he would try and buy back. You know, a couple more days to spend in the woods, to have gas money, to buy a tag for another state, or uh, to be able to hunt more days, or, you know, the days that he wanted to, or even to spend more time with his family in the off season so that in the season he had another day to hunt. And I think that time in the woods is something that we all overlook. Everybody wants to buy the newest gear. They want to buy a new saddle. They want to buy a new platform. They want to buy all of this stuff. And I want to get into that here in a second, but I think that I would challenge anybody who's really serious about becoming a better hunter and they also have these same ideas of like these are the things that I'm going to buy this year. These are the things that I'm going to add to my system. Would be okay, so you want to buy a new saddle or you want to buy a new pack, especially like for us uh, when we were going out west. You know, we could have used the same principle say, okay, well, I'm going to buy that mystery ranch pack, um, I'm going to buy that kafaro pack, that exo pack, but I'm going to earn it, so I'm going to hike with my backpack full of sand or, you know, a cinder block or, or whatever. Um, I'm going to commit to doing that 10 times for an hour. So I'm conditioning myself to better myself, to be ready to actually use that pack. Um, I feel like there's, there's so many guys that, um, they have this idea that, they identify as a hunter or they want to identify as a mobile hunter so they buy all the gear they're the guys that are on facebook where you see all the gear bought and sold and bought and sold and the same guy he's he's just trying everything out because nothing is helping him but maybe he's not helping himself like the gear doesn't make the hunt i mean it can definitely help but you have to have the skills the deer have to be there you have to know where to find them and so the the same thing would be to say okay well I want to buy some new sticks so sticks to me are like the most talked about argued about uh polarizing thing in all hunters you know if we get beyond the the stand versus saddle or whatever and and to me my opinion on sticks is right now the beast sticks are the standard. And being a gear guy, I have tried very nearly every single stick. So, well, I like a fixed double step stick. So Lone Wolf Custom Gear doubles, uh, beast sticks, made my own beast sticks out of APIs. Muddy Pros, uh Novix Minis, uh I had one of the Shakars. Um and like the B stick just checks every single one of those boxes. Um and that's just my my personal opinion. But guys will buy a set of shakars and then they'll buy the lone wolf gear and then they'll buy these. And I think from a gear side, it's like if you were are gonna spend that amount of money, why don't you go and use your sticks and set them up and take them down 15 times, like whatever you have. And then, you know, shoot a few arrows, set them up, come down and do the same thing for a week or or two weeks. And then if at the end of all of that time and you've got proficient with them, they're still not good enough, you still want something better, then buy something. But if you're just chasing this idea that there's a holy grail perfect piece of gear that's just gonna make everything right for you um, I think you're really like deluding yourself and so I think again you could do the same thing and say okay I want to buy those sticks I've decided now put the time in and say okay well I'm gonna go make yourself scout you know go scout two new pieces of public land or go find three more spots and at the end of all that time you know you're All you're doing is building up skills. You're getting more proficient with your gear. You're taking more shots with your bow. You're going out and you're spending more time in the woods. And that's what all of these guys that are super high level, they have these spots. They have spent the time in the woods. They've done the observation sits. They've drove around in glass. They've been out shining. They do all of that stuff. And it isn't the piece of gear that helps them that didn't help him find that that buck you know it was all the time in the woods and learning the woods and becoming a better hunter and i think that that's where us as podcasters as influencers the guys on youtube you know you make a video and say you know this is a new piece of gear i really like it and a lot of these guys with saddles in particular Um, I'm really cautious on on Facebook. Um, I I basically don't talk to anyone on Facebook openly in a forum. Because, A, I don't want to be perceived as like, oh, I'm just a fanboy of this company or this company. Um, But I've tried very nearly every single saddle out there. And the question ends up being like, What's your body type? What's your uh hunting style? Are you doing all day sits um are you hunting presets like what are the what things are important to you and For me, by trying every single saddle, I feel like I can speak intelligently, maybe not to say that this one's gonna be perfect for you, but I can tell you probably which one's not gonna be good for you and without being able to try them all side by side by side um that's it's almost impossible to you're you're always going to be chasing like the next better one um and there are so many people online or that are in the YouTube video that you know have saddle hunted for very little i would say that you know since we've been doing this podcast this is the only amount of time that i've been saddle hunting and that's Like four years and I've hunted out of probably a half a dozen saddles. I own a dozen saddles and you know that to me allows me to kind of have some sort of insight but these guys that say this is the best saddle you have to try this one you have to try this one you have to try this one if you found what works for you then that's great. If you're trying to get on somebody's pro staff or you are on somebody's pro staff, you know, it, it's hard to take what you say um you know at face value. And uh, for a lot of the saddles, you know, they're they're relatively the same. A few I could name a handful of single panel saddles that you're going to have a good experience with. So it comes down to, you know, price point what's your budget um all of that stuff how do you align with the company you know do you care where it's made what are you thinking about for materials um but you know these guys who who even on podcasts will say have have a guest on and say that sounds really good i'll have to try that or as soon as this podcast is over i'm going to order one of those um you know, you're not doing anybody a service by, by doing that. And it's really difficult to, um, you know, weed through that. And we, as podcasters, YouTubers can make all this gear sound like it's, it's really awesome. But at the end of the day, we need to be out there in the woods. So I, and the same thing is like with, with saddle hunting and stands, you know, in our Patreon group, we've gone down this rabbit hole where, everybody's weighed out their gear and sometimes it's heavier with all the saddle gear than it was with their their climbing stand and you have to look at like what your motivations are is your motivation to be lighter is it to be less bulky is it to be more efficient so you're just wearing your saddle in you know you know kind of like your safety harness um, all of these things and then to have realistic expectations for what this piece of gear or this mentality that you Think you're chasing is going to going to help you, and you know, I'm, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking like, you know, there's probably a lot of you that are listening and thinking like, like you're feeling like alienated, like this guy's just ranting about about the problems that are out there. But I see this in myself too. Is like the more time that I spend, the more miles that I put in, the more successful that I've been, and I have all of this gear. Um, but that just allows me to get up in the spot that I need to be that I found off. Not the gear didn't do that for me. You know, the, the hunting apps have helped, you know, immensely and, uh, you know, we're sponsored by Spartan Forge. Spartan Forge has incredible imagery and their deer predictability has helped me choose the days that I've been in the woods, but it's still the spots that I'm going to that I've already found or that I'm, that I've actively sought out. Um, and, and back to that, the goals, you know, other things that you can do to, you know, kind of earn your hunt, I guess, is you could say, okay, well, I want to saddle hunt because this is going to be lighter. Well, you could say, okay, well, my climber weighs. 30 pounds, I want to get a saddle set up because I'm going to be down to 21 pounds or 18 pounds. Or or maybe you have some like number you say, okay, well, I'm going to one stick and I'm going to be down to 10 pounds or or whatever. Um, What if you said, okay, well, I'm going to work out and I'm going to lose 10 pounds or five pounds or set some number for yourself because that's going to allow you to go further to be more efficient. And it's going to be way cheaper than a set of B sticks or A carbon fiber platform, or or stand, or or sticks, or any of that sort of stuff. So, another thing that you know I feel like has helped me, and you know tonight one of them was mentioned. It's been mentioned on a couple of different podcasts. But would be like, I would say by listening to the podcasts, you know, you're probably farther ahead than you know a lot of people. And what I do is I listen to podcasts. Well. While I'm hunting, while I'm driving, but it really helps me to listen to guys like Jake Bush or Andy May, uh, you know, those podcasts that those guys are on while I'm out scouting because it, it kind of puts me in the zone of like, what would Andy think about this? Or what would Jake think about this? Or, you know, what would Dan Infault think about this? You know, all those things are things that, that kind of play into, you know, becoming a better hunter. But at the same time, there's so many books out there. So you know the John Eberhart books, the Eberhart Way, or bow hunting pressure whitetails, um, uh, mapping trophy whitetails. I think it's Brad Herndon, something like that. Um, long ago, uh, one of our, you know, probably first ten, fifteen podcasts, Taylor Chamberlain came on. and He mentioned that book, and it's it's funny to see like their mobile setups in there. Um, you know, cause it's the old lock on limits and it was probably before lone wolf, but they're talking about going mobile and all this stuff, but they, t- they go over topography, um, and how deer use these. And it's, it's about reading the maps and reading, you know, reading the land, the like the woodsmanship type stuff. Um, you know, so if you were to say, okay, well, I want to do this or I want to go on out of state hunt or whatever, those aren't guaranteed uh, you know, it's not guaranteed success. You still have to do work. And maybe instead of buying that piece of gear um, that you think is going to help you or that you think you need, uh, maybe you read one of these books. I mean, Todd Mead has a great book out. He we, he was on the podcast. He's been on The Vitals Live. Um, you know, just a big buck killer. And he's written a couple of different books on, on hunting public land. So, you know, back to that manana principle where they're, you're putting off this delayed gratification, or you're just showing that you can do more with less. Um, it's not this gear that is going to help you. It's spending more time in the woods. It's getting out. It's scouting. It's maybe like actually hunting more. You know, I know a lot of guys that buy all this stuff and they suit up. And then when it comes down to it, they just don't hunt. They just say, "Well, uh, the wind is wrong or it's too cold or it's too hot, or the deer aren't moving, or it's the october lull um you know you have to get out there and make mistakes. you have to go out there and see what the deer are doing, and uh, moreover, you have to get out there and see if what you think is going on in the woods is right, and you know don't get me wrong, like I'm not a great whitetail hunter i call myself the world's worst bow hunter. Uh, But these are all things that from doing this for the last four or five years uh, have really helped me to become a better hunter to at least get me in the game. And I think that all goes back to like the realistic expectations, right? So, you know, you can't kill a 150 inch buck if there isn't one there. You just can't. Um, But if you've never killed any deer, you you're probably going to be better served going out and shooting the first thing that walks by and having a ball doing it because you've succeeded. Like any animal that you kill a with a bow and arrow is a trophy. That's I don't I don't care. Um that that's been kind of our mantra forever. Like, nobody can take that away from you that it's, oh, you shouldn't have let them walk or whatever. And then the other side of that is that if you decided to lose that arrow, or you decided to kill that animal, like, in that moment, for whatever reason, it got you jazzed up. So, it's not something that you should be concerned about what everybody else thinks. It's about your journey and your expectations as a hunter. And so, if you've never killed an 8-point, like, you shouldn't be saying, well, I'm going to hold off for a 10 point. I'm going to let that eight point walk because any hunter that's been out there and is hunted knows that you're going to make mistakes. That, that, that chip shot, that 14 year, uh, uh, 14 yard shot that I messed up on this year, you know, that was a chip shot. That was easy, but that was my fault. That was me not going through the process. That was me making a, a mistake. And that's going to happen. And it's the worst thing that you can do that, that you can feel as a hunter, but don't kid yourself in thinking that every single deer that you let walk would have been dead because, you know, then we would have walls full of wood kills, killed right? And all those deer that we, that we shot at or that we didn't recover or that, you know, something went wrong or the arrow fell off the rest or release broke or any of these types of things they all happen and so your expectations have to meet your preparation so if you yeah people get lucky of course everybody knows the stories of the kid who goes out on his first hunt and sits in the weird spot and you know it's usually gun hunting and you know kills a monster buck but in reality you're going to live up to your preparation, and it doesn't matter what it is, whether you're doing a podcast, whether it's a project at work, whether you're racing a car, playing golf, um, any of that stuff. If you're not prepared, if you do, haven't practiced, if you haven't put in the work, you know, you're know you probably going to fall short of your goals, uh, we'll say. But I just think this was a good way to kind of look at some of this stuff and say, like, Okay, do I really need this? And am I willing to work for it? So if you think that you need that new saddle, wait until five sits into the season or six sits or, or, you know, we're in the, we're in the summer now. So go set up in your backyard and shoot out of it and commit to shooting out of it three times a week for two weeks. So, Go up, get comfortable, figure out what you like, what you don't like, and decide, put the hours in, put the time in it and decide if you really do need a new saddle or new sticks or a new bow. Take the shots, get better as an archer, get better as a hunter, read a book, all of these things that you're actively putting in the effort for, go out and scout Spend time in the woods. Don't just have all these cell cameras or trail cameras and just let them sit there and not go put them out. Go put those cameras out and commit to not checking them until, you know, two weeks before the season or something like that. One of the best things that I heard, and I think it was from Jake Bush recently, was. Put those cameras out now and don't check them until, you know, two weeks or the week before the season or when you go in to hunt that spot, because if you check them, if you put those cameras out now and you check them in a week, in two weeks, in three weeks, in a month, you can't do anything with that data. Those pictures will not change from right now until you go pull them in September. So go out. Set the cameras, commit to setting all of your cameras, uh, working out, doing all of these things and earn just like you're a little kid. Like, you know, if you do all of these things, Johnny, by the time you get done with this time, you know, you commit to doing it, then we'll get you a new bike or we'll get you this, you know, make yourself a better hunter, earn your hunt, earn that buck this year, earn that first deer, you know, whatever it is, wherever you're at in your journey. But I think that this is where the media and everything goes sideways is that it's, you know, if you get these new arrows, it'll be better. If you get these new broadheads, then it'll be better. Now, if you had a bad experience last year with a broadhead or an arrow setup, or, you know, your rest failed you or something. Yes, of course. Those are things that should be addressed in the off season. But if it's something where you think that it's going to help you, if you really, truly think that a piece of gear is going to help you, then double down on that and say, well, I'm going to read this book by John Eberhardt, or I'm going to read, you know, this Todd Mead book, or I'm going to read this book on Mapping Trophy Whitetails. And by doing that, maybe inadvertently, it'd be the piece of gear, quote unquote, that helped you, but you may have been in that spot because you committed to doing extra scouts or you read that book and it kind of changed your mindset as to where you wanted to go and hunt and what you were spending time on in the woods. Maybe you said, okay, well I am going to get the Spartan forge and I'm going to study those maps and I'm going to use that drone footage. I'm going to look at those high imagery maps and then I'm going to look at that predictive stuff and, I'm going to spend more time with my family on the day, on the days that it doesn't say to hunt. And then I'm going to go and hunt when I can in the spots that I scouted. Like, I think that's where like all of the rubber hits the road. Basically like in closing, I would say whatever you're going to do in this off season, whatever you think you need to buy, Really think about what you need to do to get better. Cause that's the way that I feel is that I need to do more scouting. I need to put in more work. I need to think about how these higher level hunters approach things. And I just need to get out there and do it more time in the woods, become more proficient, become proficient with my equipment like, don't blame the equipment for the failure. Know going into the season that everything is 100% completely dialed. Don't take that bowl out of the case, you know, September 15th, if you are you have a October 1st opener. Um, I don't think you'd be listening to this podcast, especially this far in, if that was your style. Um, but I guess I would just challenge you to challenge yourself to say, okay, this is what I want, ultimately, is this class of deer. Like, whether first deer, first buck, first Pope and Young buck, or first out-of-state deer, I'm going on an out-of-state trip. How can I make sure that I can, you know, look in the mirror and say that I've done everything that I can to be successful? And if you still fail... Everybody fails. That's okay. But at least you're going to be better. You're going to be better at breaking down sign, even if it's knowing what not to do. Back to the drawing board. Whatever you did didn't work. So how can you reevaluate that? But don't think that a piece of gear is going to be able to help you. And if you think a piece of gear is going to be able to help you or that you need something for the year that you want to upgrade on, make yourself earn it read that book scout some more shoot more arrows set up tear down get proficient and then decide if you really need it but i guess that's my rant for today that's the the podcast i'm getting ready uh we're uh, headed out of town so you know i'm gonna be setting some trail cameras getting ready for our patreon uh hunt here uh, early october going to be a blast but i've got to get out i've got to set these cameras i've got to put in the time learn some new area and again test myself to see you know if what i think what i see on a map all the things that i've learned uh, have been able to help me and uh, that's what i would challenge you guys thanks for listening Uh, i really appreciate it have a good evening